half black president still black. Hi, this is WBEZ's It's All True podcast, powered by America's second favorite source for fake news, thewhiskeyjournal.com. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and you just heard a fake news headline from writer and comedian Baratunde Thurston. In each episode, I chat with a human being and then ask them to reveal a funny personal true story. This week's guest is wrestler Colt Cabana. Actually, my first name was Classic Colt McCullough. You'll learn his origin story. I think as a kid, I saw the sport part in professional wrestling, but I was also... A kid who loved He-Man and cartoons, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. like all that nostalgic stuff. And to hear him tell a crazy true tale. So I wrestle for the insane clown posse. But before we enter the ring, let's hear his acceptance speech after being deemed independent wrestling ambassador. That was Colt Cabana being awarded as Independent Wrestling Ambassador in 2013. What does it mean to be a professional wrestler, or an independent wrestler, or one of those wrestlers that you see at the Olympics? My main goal in talking to Colt was to get a gauge on how the world of wrestling really works. If you want to be a WWE superstar right now in 2014, because no, remember I, I started in 1999, but in 2014, you get as big as humanly possible. You you either have uh, you either play college football, college basketball. You're a model or a weightlifter, and then you keep sending your resume to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Now, if you want to take the path that I take, <laughs> you go get trained at a crappy gym on Irving Park. <laughs> Uh, on a storefront, huh. you know, with seven dudes there, and you uh, get trained by a wrestler who, who had never made it in the WWE or even on television at that point, and then you slowly start going to Milwaukee and Minnesota and Ohio and Louisville and Pittsburgh, and you travel and you do as much as wrestling as you possibly can uh, in order to get better. Just like in anything, you put in your 10,000 hours and you put in your 10,000 hours in wrestling, and uh, and then you become independent wrestling sensation Cole Cabana. <laughs> but it seems to me there's a separation. I don't want to say real. They're both wrestling. But there's the real Olympic-style wrestling, mm-hmm. and then there's the wrestling that has a lot of showmanship involved. Well, the, I mean, I, see, it's funny you say that. When you say separation, to me, I think of more like uh, there's gritty underground professional wrestling and there's sh- there's showmanship professional wrestling. Okay, amateur professional wrestling <laughs> is not even in my league. Like I'm not even thinking about that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think any like it, that's a whole nother world. Which is funny because I think it's normal to be. There's so many people obsessed about professional wrestling, but I guess to the outside eye, 
Uh, that's as weird as can be pro wrestling. But to a pro wrestler, <laughs> amateur wrestling is weird to me, you know? What's a- what's amateur Greco-Roman, wrestling? Greco-Roman, Olympics. That's amateur. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, is that the official term or is that what you amateur call? Amateur wrestling. You, that's called amateur sure, wrestling. Yeah. So what I see on the Olympics is amateur wrestling. Yes. Wow. Yeah, which I have never partaken in. <laughs> As a man who's been wrestling, but if I were to ask one of them about the wrestling, oh, they you could do. tell you how stupid. They'll for hours. They'll tell you how it's the dumbest stuff <laughs> that they have ever seen. Uh, you had a lot of those guys. You know, Kurt Angle went on to become one of the best professional wrestlers of all time. Kurt Angle, uh, an Olympic gold medalist uh, representing the United States, so he's seen both sides of the of the of the coin. Olympics winning the gold medal in the 220 pound weight class an Olympic gold what is it that first drew you to professional wrestling I've always been a sports guy I've always played sports uh, basketball baseball football as a kid swimming soccer whatever and uh, you know to me I think as a kid I saw the sport part in professional wrestling but I was also a kid who loved He-Man and cartoons, <laughs> right? You know, like all that nostalgic stuff from my, from my childhood. I'm a, I was born in 1980, so that mid-80s, uh, early 90s stuff. And who were the big names at the time? In the world of cartoons? In the world of wrestling. In the world of wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Hillbilly Jim, Honky Tonk <laughs> Man, right? So these are obviously characters, but... You know, it's such a great mixture of the of sports that I love, the athleticism, which is unbelievable, uh, second to none if you're a professional wrestler, the coordination, but then also the razzmatazz and the showmanship. I want to talk about how you settle on the name Colt Cabana. Okay. Because you've gone through, I've looked up your Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those are just one-offs or <laughs> okay. like fun shows. But your real name is Scott Colton. Yeah, it is. Why wouldn't you just go by that? On WWF, when you were a kid, if even if you do, if you're not familiar with it, everyone's always familiar with those like the scrub guys that just got beat up. You remember those guys? <laughs> you know, like I, like the one man gang versus like Joe Blow, and then he raises his hand and he waves, and you're like, oh, that guy's getting demolished. <laughs> there was one of those guys when I was a kid, and his name was Scott Colton, and I was like, first that's, of all, blew my mind. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That because I don't think it's that like common of a name. Yeah, and uh, and he, he was like. Just a scrub. And I was like, oh, Scott Colton's a scrub name. <laughs> so I couldn't be Scott Colton. And so after that, you you went as Scotty Goldman. No, Scotty Goldman was my WWE name. Okay. Shalom. That's what they, <laughs> that's what they gave me. That was their brilliant creative decision. Wait, they gave you Scotty Goldman? They gave me. I, so I, okay. I had wrestled ten, basically 10 years on the independent scene to build up Colt Cabana, the name. And then I got to WWE and Vince McMahon was like, he's Jewish, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make him Goldman. <laughs> Deerfield, Illinois, weighing 242 pounds, Scotty Goldman. Scotty Goldman making his SmackDown debut, and we caught up with him earlier today as well, and asked him to introduce himself. Scotty! Hey, it's Scotty Goldman making my WWE debut right here on Friday Night SmackDown, and right now, I'm in a box. I'm I'm trapped in a box. Hey, there I am! <laughs> 
So you always wanted to be Colt Cabana, and they gave you Scotty Goldman. Yeah, you know, like I like not that I knew what I was doing, but uh, small business marketing. Like I was building up that brand, Colt Cabana, from a very young age, from eighteen years old. Actually, my first name was Classic Colt McCullough. I feel like I'm talking to superheroes. This is so crazy. <laughs> uh, but classic. If you say Colt McCullough too fast, it sounds like Coca-Cola, <laughs> and everyone would just call me Coca-Cola. And I was like, I got to change that. Did you feel comfortable doing the Scotty Golden character? It's not a character, but a lot of the names in wrestling they do kind of over. Oh, you mean Seamus, the Irish warrior? Yeah, they they exaggerate. Or the Nation of ethnic... Domination, the All African American <laughs> team. They exaggerate the ethnicity of whoever it is. Yeah, I, and to be honest. I mean, so the Scotty Goldman character and, and my run in the WWE was, was absolutely awful. It was known as one of the worst <laughs> wrestling careers in the WWE. That's a fact. Like, and I wasn't one of the scrubs. I was a signed contracted wrestler. So uh, I guess I could say right now, like, no, it sucked. But had Scotty Goldman became a huge superstar to the likes of John Cena, to the likes of, of CM Punk or whatever it might be, you know, I would say that's fine. Like, call it whatever you want. I don't care. So, like, the idea, I was okay with it. If you look at me compared to the other wrestlers, I don't stand out in terms of physicality. Uh, people, I think, enjoy me because of my personality and charisma. So uh, the higher-ups in that world in WWE really didn't know my personality and charisma. They could just look at you and go, eh, you know, <laughs> I don't know about him. I don't know about him. So somehow I snuck into this WWE system, and if you look at me, you're like, eh, but... <laughs> If there's something different about me, which there never really was, but the one kind of different thing about me in the world of wrestling was being Jewish, you know, like, (laughs) so I was like, all right, this is what I've got. So sometimes I would slip that in there. You have a lot of Chicago themed moves. Yeah. Uh, do they give you like Jewish? Th- I, I just imagine everything. No. Being well, okay. my mom always wanted me to do the dreidel driver, right? But, uh, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but uh, no, they sadly. The Scotty Goldman character was so awful, I don't even think he ever got a move in. Oh, wow. So I really didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to establish moves <laughs> as Scotty Goldman. And you have a podcast that's very popular, uh, and you kind of talk about the highs and lows of the wrestling world. What have been some of your highest highs and your lowest lows? Getting signed by the WWE was one of the highest highs. Getting fired by the WWE <laughs> was one of the lowest lows. Uh, I've traveled the world. I've, I've been to Japan about a dozen times. I've been to Europe two dozen times. God, I've done so many things that people shouldn't do. Uh, so many things that people with my like headspace shouldn't. Like been places where I'm like, ugh, I would just want to go to my hotel, and it's like, oh, you're in the middle of India. <laughs> In a safari, like you should probably take advantage of this and become cultured. Um, and those, it's amazing that wrestling has taken me around the world. It's also allowed me to come out of my shell a little bit. You know, I, I don't think that's something that um, wrestlers understand about themselves, which it has about me, is that like it's been able to open me up as a person. The lows is uh, there's absolutely no security in professional wrestling. I live completely check to check, hand to mouth, uh, if you will. And that's hard knowing, especially that. Us as humans, our lifespan isn't like, it's not to like 70 anymore, you know? Like, (laughs) remember when we were kids and 70 was like old? Yeah. It's not old. There's still a lot more life after that. So much life. hustling till I'm 90. Yeah. There's like 25 (laughs) years. Where's that money going to come from? Right? Do you feel like it's similar to stand-up in that way? 
In terms of, I think my whole life is similar to stand up, but in terms of what? Uh, in terms of uh, that security is necessarily there for any stand up comic. It, yeah. it is sort of gig to gig. Of course, of yeah. course. And that's why I have a lot of uh, friends in the stand up world. And I think because we all have this weird parallel lifestyle that uh, a lot of us stress about, I guess, you know, or yeah. worried about. Uh, maybe not a lot of us, but especially me. And my Jewish genetics and my mother, <laughs> and I, hearing my mother worrying about me. Yeah. So now you're dealing in the independent wrestling world. Yeah. Is that what it is? What's yep. that like? It's basically like, and again, I, I put a lot of stuff. It's like the alternative comedy scene, non-contracted. I, I guess if you've seen the movie The Wrestler, people can relate to that. Not in terms of like our lives aren't like uh, Randy the Ram. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I think a lot of people have, are smarter just as people as opposed to those guys from the 70s who are trying to still hang on to it now. But a lot of those shows where he was wrestling, those are the kind of shows that I'm at where it's very personal, it's very intimate. I'm always selling my own merchandise. It's very much like punk rock, if you will. Why is it that there is that negative energy towards professional wrestling these days where it should be considered high art? It is. It's such an art form. Yeah. And I think because wrestling was based on the con for so long, that this is 100% on the up and up. These are two guys trying to, you know, that a lot of those roots are, it hasn't been let go. So it's still based on the con, which it is, you know, you know, like it's not meant to be the con, but it's, it is, it's a show, but it's hard for wrestling to let go of the idea of saying that this is just a show. So there's people saying, still defending and me me too like you can hear me on here trying not to use the right (laughs) words because it's my profession I still want to defend the industry Um, but if you watch it for the right reasons and for the arts uh, it is it's I mean it's god it's like two man sport ballet and the stuff that people can do and my favorite is seeing stuff that I and my friends can do and then people being like whatever and then even if you half attempt that like it's literally it takes years to perfect and to do like and have the footwork and just the little like ring spacing and positioning and you you got to put athleticism and coordination and then showmanship on top of that what's the showmanship that i think that's uh, apart from the physical things Mm -hmm. that would be the most difficult thing for me to figure out how to do yeah, it's because a, it, the physical things would take up so much of my right. energy and thought. Right, it's a it's a it's a connection with the crowd. But it's right when you're training, you can't think of that connect. You have to basically for the guys that are are really good is they're so good that like you said, like knowing your steps or doing the physical stuff, it's second nature, which is incredible if you really think about it. And I don't think that people get enough credit is that that in ring stuff is second nature to them. It's just on autopilot. Because they know they also have to entertain this crowd. <laughs> was it always easy for you to entertain the crowd? No, no. I I learned it over years. <laughs> yeah. What's the key in a, in a way? Because it's not stand up where you're coming up with jokes. You're like in the moment. Mm-hmm. The key for me is to always pretend like there's twenty thousand people. Uh, you know big chest out and looking around and, and, and glazing <laughs> to the people. God, you know, I did improv at comedy sports a little bit, and. Um, Commitment is so, so important. And so it's basically like, and I sit here and I stick out my chest and, and I act big and I act like I'm a wrestler. Uh, you know, if I don't commit, if I don't believe it, like if I really don't believe it, then it's going to come off faux. 
But if you commit hard, you know, that's part of the showmanship is really believing. Now, when I get backstage, like I know I'm just Scott in the one bedroom apartment in Chicago, you know, like, <laughs> but in that moment, like I'm in my own world. We'll be right back with more It's All True after the break. And when we return, you'll hear Cole Cabana reveal his funny personal true story. What's it about? Here's a clip. Oh, you got to understand, like, I am a nice guy, but I was allowed to vent and say, oh, man, that had been built up for me for 13 years at that point. You won't want to miss it. More Cole Cabana after the break. Hello, this is Shannon Kaysen from WBZ's Homemade Stories Podcast. I worked retail for many years, and it's like this. If you've never worked retail, you should just shop online, because you don't respect retail. It's just like a former waiter when they go to a restaurant. It's a different level of respect for the craft. Listen to the latest homemade stories and hear my own retail woes. And don't deny yourself the other podcasts at wbz.org slash podcasts. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and each week I ask a guest to reveal a headline for a funny personal true story. This week's guest is wrestler Colt Cabana. Here's his headline. Um, man enjoys cup of urine thrown on him. <laughs> ah, okay. I mean, I, I, let's find out which person you are in this, in this situation. <laughs> uh, what year is this? Oh, uh, 2010. Okay. Not too long ago. 2011, maybe. And uh, I am the man enjoying the cup of urine thrown on me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before you think this is some kind of sexual uh, fetish show, um, let it be known that I wrestle for uh, a lot of different people, a lot of different promotions. Also, I have a crazy love for professional wrestling that goes beyond uh, what people would, I guess, have towards wrestling. So in the 1980s, 70s and 80s, maybe in the 60s, you would hear stories of bad guys getting stuff thrown at them, coins, quarters, rocks. Uh, some people have been stabbed. Those are, those are, you know, and it's because they're doing their job so well and they're on the con again, remember. <laughs> like, hey, we're a bad guy and when I leave this stadium, I don't want you to think I'm a good guy because I need you to think I'm a bad guy in every aspect of it. It's a 24-7 job. And uh, for me, that's so romantic. It's like that, that, that's not around today, but I wish it was. <laughs> so I wrestle for the insane clown posse. It's one of my bosses. <laughs> so, Mr. Violent J and Dr. Shaggy Two Dope, right? I don't think it's a doctor. So are you wrestling against them? Or? Uh, I wrestle for a company they have called Juggalo uh. Championship Wrestling. <laughs> Every year I go to the gathering of the Juggalos. Every year I wrestle for them. Uh, it's a culture I know very well. I'm also very inspired. As much as it's easy to laugh at uh, the Insane Clown Posse, I'm very inspired by their work ethic and what they have put together as a group and done for themselves. It's amazing. So I do a, uh, a character for them called Officer Colt Cabana. Truth be told, I am a member of the Providence, Rhode Island Police Department. 
My number one rival is the weed man. Now, in any world, the officer would be the good guy, and the drug dealer, he would be the bad guy, right? <laughs> but in the world of the insane clown posse, I am the most hated man. I loved that I was a bad guy. See, Colt Cabana, the wrestler, has been a good guy forever. <laughs> you know? So I never get to be a bad guy. And all of a sudden, I'm allowed to be a bad guy. And I'm also allowed to be a bad guy in an audience where there's no restrictions on anything. Like, in, like Violent J isn't going to be like, Colt, please don't swear tonight. It's going to be like, if you want to murder someone... Punch him, you know, punch a fan as hard as you want. We don't, they love it. They like, you know, they've not really murdered someone, but like, you get the idea. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like, I was going all out. Um, I, you know, I was talking about uh, taking everyone to, to jail and having my way with them and sticking objects up them. So whatever I wanted to say was, was game day. They, you can say whatever you want. Like, that was the theater of the night. And it wasn't difficult for you to make that transition. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> like a bunch of sellouts. I was allowed to vent and say, oh, man, that had been built up for me for 13 years at that point. And people are just hucking stuff at me, throwing stuff at me. At one point, I catch an ashtray. And it was like a thick... Uh, glass? Yes. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, if that would have hit me, I'd be done for. <laughs> right? But I catch it, and like I just throw it at the guy like right in front of his feet, knowing I'm not going to hit him, but you know, just to scare, the, you know, scare him. People had been drinking out of bottles... Or drinking out of a beer out of cups, and I've been hit with all this beer. It's all over me. And at one point, I'm covering the weed man for a pin, and um, and I go, oh, I go, that was kind of warm. He goes, yeah, you just got hit in the head with a with a <laughs> with a cup of piss. <laughs> and um, and I didn't hate it. Like, you didn't hate the audience. You didn't hate. No, in that moment, I think if you, if I'm on the street and you threw a cup of piss at me. I would go, you know, there's so many diff- different things, but the idea of like, okay, I'll move on with my day wouldn't come out. <laughs> but in this situation, it's like, all right, what's what's the next thing we're doing? Because because of the con. Because, yeah, because I did my job. Because I did my job. <laughs> my job was for them to hate me. So much that, a, that, a, that I assume an 18-year-old kid from Troy, Michigan uh, threw a cup of piss at me. And that's the show. Big thanks to Colt for stopping by. For more updates on him and what he's up to, follow him on Twitter. His handle is at Colt Cabana. It's All True is a production of WBEZ Chicago and The Whiskey Journal. The show is produced by me, I, myself, Tim Barnes, and Joe Dassault. For more updates on this show and other wonderful WBEZ podcasts, visit wbez.org slash podcasts. Next week on It's All True, things get awkward with Issa Rae, author of the book The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. Have you uh, bombed? I have bombed. And then once you bombed, was that like, okay, well, I can't, it can't get any worse? In a way, I think it's bombing is a, a humbling experience. But I'm already, I'm, I'm already humbled by life, so I don't need to go on stage <laughs> and like further humble myself. If you dig the show, please subscribe on iTunes and tell people about it. It's a huge help and it means a lot. My Twitter handle is timbarnes451, and follow the show at All True Podcast. This is Tim Barnes signing off saying, I believe in you. Have you ever seen the hatred of the bad guy go beyond the, the moment where the, where the show's over? Sure. I've seen fights happen. I've seen people come in the ring. I've seen, <laughs> uh, I've seen wrestlers knock out fans for getting too into it. 
I've seen I know wrestlers that love when they taunt a fan so much they do such a great job that the fan comes in and then they think they have the right to pummel a fan. Wow. Like these wrestlers, some of them, you know, I think want to get the aggression out or want to show that they're such a tough guy that uh, they love when someone will come in so they could have their way with the fan, which doesn't sound good. It's not something I would ever do. That situation has come with me before. And I, you know, I do my best to, uh, <laughs> you know, not make it physical. And, and, and I understand that, I've done a job to make someone feel an emotion. Yeah. But uh, sadly, there's people that, there's other wrestlers that, that think differently.